you just want me to start telling the story? Start telling the story, and then Jake will pop in with uh, with commentary. Okay, that sounds uh, like fun. Uh, yeah, so we uh, took a couple days off of work. Uh, Jake and I, we were going to go deer hunting. Um, and we left a lot earlier than we wanted to. We were calling it uh, bonus bonus day because uh, we got, you know, probably about couple hours to hike before dark so then we made it back in a spot i think it was about two and a half three miles the first night and we just started hiking late this was like good like sunny weather or was it still because we've had really hot weather and we had really foggy rainy weather it was uh it wasn't sunny no it wasn't sunny it was um foggy on the way in yes yes very foggy so yeah we just uh started hiking uh in the fog and then we just pretty much head down and just marching like we took very very little breaks if any and then we just kept going and then then it finally got dark and we're like okay we're next to water and then uh we'll set up the camp set up camp and then we'll just get up early and do it again and we had watched the weather before uh, we were supposed to have uh, i think sunday was supposed to be cloudy and then everything else was supposed to be sunny and partly cloudy so we're like oh sweet this is perfect this is perfect for hunting so we get going uh set up camp the first night wake up early eat some breakfast and then uh it was really foggy that morning really foggy really foggy but we were close to the alpine so we're like well it's supposed to just break so we'll mm. just get going and start uh was it just like sitting there or was it kind of moving because sometimes it, it feels like it's about ready to break because it's moving other times it just sits there and you're just in the soup it was like soup <laughs> yeah this one was soup and split bee soup <laughs> yep and really thick so we had started um it, w- it was windy the night before, so we were like, okay, it's windy and foggy the night before, so chances are it's just going to, we're going to get up, it's going to burn off, and the wind will help push it away, and we're going to be hunting before, you know, 9 a.m. Yeah, that's not the case. We sat around till <laughs> till noon, and we're just like, we had to pack, pra- practice some real patience, um, just because we're both hard-headed, and we're just like, go, 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 and if we jump a deer, cool, shoot it. If not, but we're like, no, let's just wait. We have... We, we had to keep telling ourselves, we have four days, and yesterday was bonus bonus day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we took quite a bit of time for this, and it was a lot of fun just so we could actually wait. So then I think it broke around noon, maybe, no, one thirty. We and, got uh, so impatient, we ended up setting the tent back up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Took a nap. Which was good because we found another spot that we came back to. to um, so we had camped there twice, one on the way in and then one on the way out. Mm-hmm. So which was pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, we hung, hung around, uh, woke up from our mid-morning nap, and then it was about 1.30, and then ate some lunch, and then we started hiking again, and that's when we started getting into some deer way off in the distance, and then we started, uh, and then got over there. And you say way off in the distance. Were you, were you like, binoglassing? Were you sitting down and, and using your spotter? What were you, what were you finding this? little bit of both so we started with our binos and then just to see what we were looking at then then that's when we pulled out the spotter so um yeah just to see what we had going on there uh and how big they were so we had found some and we haven't been back to this we have been in the spot before but we haven't been back this far which was up and over another mountain so which normally we're like okay we'll just get up there to the alpine and then we'll just hunt and then not shoot the first thing but try to find some Mm -hmm. some some good deer so um yeah and we got back in there day goes on we ended up shooting two bucks right before dark wait was that two bucks right before dark that day yes yes uh and then so i shot mine uh it was a four by three with eye guards in the velvet and then when he 
I'm calling him the regress because he looked like a regress buck to mm. me. Yeah, he had some mass to him. He was he was a pretty cool deer. I was extremely bummed when he fell off the cliff. It was probably about <laughs> 150 to 200 foot cliff. And my first shot, I I pulled. I didn't have the best rest, and but I took a couple practice shots. I, you know, catch my breath, and I'm just like, okay, you know, that deer's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. He he knows something's over here, but but he he's not scared. Like he's not ready to run off. So long story short take a practice shot and then i shoot and i i pulled and i felt myself pull but i could hear that the bullet had hit something i was just mm-hmm. like oh crap and but then he had fallen down a couple of times because jake was watching he was keeping his eye on him through the, through his binos and he's like okay the deer fell down and then I, I the first the last time he fell down he literally had his feet up in the air i i thought he keeled over and died yeah and then he got back up <laughs> yeah so it's like, it's like some mountain goat type stuff there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa. It was really weird. And so I was like, okay, well, and this happened in all like five minutes. And for like four minutes of it, I was sitting there going, you dumbass. You know, you <laughs> you, you, you pulled on your rest and, and, and you didn't make a good shot. Now the deer is going to get away, potentially fall off this cliff. So then I was like, okay, I need to find a better spot. Found a better spot, like 15 feet away. Go over there. Jack jack another round of the chamber and i'm like okay from this time he's 200 yards away the shot wasn't far it was first one was 175 yards and uh so then i put on um so then i put another round in him and it turns out it hit right behind the front shoulder because i found my bullet it was on the opposite side of the shoulder so the Mm. second shot was good um but um he still ended up falling off a cliff i was like dang it so (laughs) and as soon as we started shooting we were like, okay, well, those other bucks are going to be, be skedaddling now, so, so so we need to go over and Jake put the smack down on on, on a nice one too. So yeah, um, if I remember correctly, we said let's go get the packs because they were over by where the other bucks were because we were on the the tippy top of that peak in this like weird. Uh, it's kind of weird. It was like a muskeg on top and it was brushy all the way around it. Yep, yep. So yeah, I shot my deer, and then we ran over real quick, shot his, and then we were going to go take care of mine first. And then we were going to come down and take care of Jake's. Well, mine had fallen off this cliff, and we had to climb down this rocky little chute um, about 200 feet into this rock, big rock chute pile thing. It wasn't super steep once we got down into it, but with the way the terrain was set up, it was like this gradual chute and then this big um, this big rock bluff thing that, that he was on top of. And then mm-hmm. it must have been like his final, like, you know, screw you, I'm out of here type of thing because... <laughs> He was in the bushes up there, and then I could. I walked over there. I saw blood, blood, and I'm like, uh-oh, he's getting closer to the edge. And then I looked down there. There's this buck piled up. I'm like, oh, you know, it's just, it just not the way you want mm-hmm. the deer to take his final steps or whatever. You know, it's just it, it's just not a good thing. So, anyways, we get down there and start carving up the deer and um, – What's left of the deer? Yeah, what's <laughs> left wasn't, – it wasn't that bad. I had – fortunately, I mean – there was two of us, so we were both, um, you know, just doing our job, and I was boning it out. Uh, I was you getting all the meat off, and Jake was boning it out. Mm. Worked out pretty good. Yep. Uh, Turns the, out I can bone bone out a piece <laughs> of quarter about as fast as you can get it off. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that worked out pretty good, and then we had to stick this deer into the backpacks and climb back up, um, which turned out pretty good. There was some snow we were up pretty high there was some snowpack in there so we could grab water clean off our hands and knives and stuff like that so then but before we had come down the chute we had dropped all of our stuff we just kill kit water headlamp 
because it was getting late. So we mm -hmm. just put those three things into our pack and one rifle just in case. So we, um, so we put everything underneath the snowpack, all of our extra food and stuff and other gear, put it underneath there. And then we go down, take care of the deer, then come back up. Um, and then, uh, we, uh, get the deer boned out, come back up, load up all of our stuff, head down to go find his deer, find his deer. And then, um, that was about, let's see, it was getting dark at about eight 30. I think we found it at seven, about seven fifteen, seven twenty. Yep. Yep. There and was how long no, was that from first shot? First shot, I think was around five, five thirty. Okay. So early evening and okay. early early evening but where we were we were on the back side of the ridge and, and then the sun was oh, setting yeah, so yeah. it was already um pretty dark when we got down into the little rocky boulder chute there was um um there was a little bit of sun down there it wasn't too bad bugs weren't too bad either so that was good uh got down to jake's deer and then while he was gotten out his deer we were we had a plan before we come over there we're like okay so if we approach from the back side of this mountain we should be out of sight of everything we the, the wind should be fine um and then we can just make essentially just do this big circle around this big tall peak and then we could just come out an easier way that was not the case so while he was boning out his deer he's like you want to try to find a flat spot for us to set up our tent because where we were it was we had could have come up a couple hundred more feet and then found a flatter spot to set up the tent but uh, we were just going to stay in the vicinity just because we were um, going to just gut out his deer and then deal with it in the morning. So mm -hmm. while he's dealing with his deer, I find a spot, but then I start looking for like a way out of here. And I'm looking and I'm certain. And then it, yeah, it was just cliffy and steep. I don't know. It all sounded good before we headed over mm -hmm. there. We're like, okay, this is, this is good. We just need to get up there and then we can wrap around and then we'll be good. Yeah, that plan fell apart quick that night because the wheels fell off the bus, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. And so, um, I I come up after doing a little bit of surveying, and uh, Jake's like, "Well, did you find a spot?" Well, yeah, I found a spot. It's not very flat, but it's flat-ish. So, um, fortunately, it's just like thirty feet away. And and I was like, "But it's not looking good for getting back the way we wanted to go." And that's when I was like, oh, crap, we messed up. <laughs> and because we did, because the way we came up was way back in there, we had to come down the mountain and then back up. Well, back up was steep. And at one point there was probably a 10 to 15 foot section that if you fell, uh, you were going to end up at the bottom of some, at just, you know, just one of those where it's just gradual for like 500 feet, steep rolling hill couple of rocks and stuff virtually no brush to hang on to and then it just cliffed out mm. from underneath there consequences yeah big time so um one point on the way up we had crossed something like that and five feet of that seven feet of that there was nothing to hang on to so it was mm. like it was, it was a little bit sketchy i mean i don't know if there a lot of people would have crossed that um but we kind of know the comfort levels and the limits and stuff and the plan wasn't to come back down this way and yeah, that plan fell apart. So we had to come back down the way we didn't want to come down. So, um, which was fine. So yeah, trekking poles. Do you, do you have spikes? No, we didn't bring our micro spikes with us. Uh, I don't know if Jake has any. We had talked about it. I was like, man, I would really love to have some micro spikes up here. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's what I told him at one point. <laughs> about and, three uh, times. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I'll get some crampons for next time. So, but uh, 
so we got his deer boned out the next morning, set up camp um, the night before, slept, felt better in the morning. We're like, okay, we're going to bone your deer out, and we're going to go take a closer look. Both of us will walk down. There are no packs. We'll just bring a rifle just in case, you know, a bear or whatever wants to, you know, run into us. We'll just deal with that. So we go searching around for a couple hundred feet down and looking around and not really seeing a whole lot, seeing about what, you know, about what I saw the night before, just steep cliff ravine type terrain that that was going to be sketchy with any pack on mm-hmm. to just to try to get through. So we're like, okay, now we're like level-headed, slept a little bit. You know, we're still tired, but we've had breakfast. We slept, some coffee. We weren't doing anything until we had some coffee and uh, got his deer boned out. And now we're like back to square one. So we're like, okay, now we got to get out of here. The way to get out of here is to go back the same way we came, which is what we didn't want to do. And After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That is mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. So that started, I think, at 9 in the morning, 9.30 in the morning after. About 9, 9.30, yeah. Yeah, so we started hiking then and... Uh, it was, let's see here, we had two deer down and a lot of meat to deal with, and then we had our gear. So we had planned for four days. I think this was the third or, no, this was the second day. So we're like, okay, it's steep. We got a long ways to go. I think that top of that mountain was 3,400, and then we were going down to twenty six to 2,700 feet to this little uh, valley type thing. So like, okay, we'll just go do meat we'll get it past the sketchy part and then we'll do another load of meat get it past the sketchy part and then we'll just stage it there so we do the first load we get it a lot farther than what we were anticipating we found this big drainage where the creek was running through mountain creek and that was about 26 to 2700 feet stashed the first load of meat underneath the rocks there go back up to the top of the peak and then back down to where our camp was grab the other load of meat and this one we bring back probably to 2,800 feet, just past the sketchy part. So mm-hmm. when I say sketchy, it's like nothing to grab onto. Yeah. It's morning. It's The vegetation is still wet, and it's just uh, not really 
there's nothing to hang on to, and if you fall, you're going to slide for quite a while, and hopefully you'll stop. And we did have our trekking poles, but, I mean, um, we just felt like it was the safest thing to do is just do multiple trips down this down this steep spot, and then um, just because if you would have fallen. I mean, yeah. when I got home, I, w I weighed my pack, and it was 115 pounds. And yeah, no. you fall with that, it's yeah, you're in trouble. And the these are huge deer. Like, the, the, the bodies on these things were, were pretty big. When some people were talking about boning out deer, they were talking about, you know, 35 to 40, to 40 pounds. Mm -hmm. And so they might be wondering why it took so many loads. But, yeah, you get some of that steep terrain, even if you are trying to do 30 or 40 pounds. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of weight to shift. Or if you slip just a little bit, then all of a sudden your center of gravity is all jacked up. Yep. So, um, yeah. Well, that and it just adds, you know, with the weighted pack with the dead deer and camp on your back, it just adds a whole nother level of... And especially when there's nothing to hold on to and it's that morning dews on that like oh, yeah. on so the deer slick. heart and whatever, you know, small little plants there are up there, it's just it's just so slick and it was like we don't wanna get hurt and we just wanna go as slow and safe as possible. So that's really and we've never done at least personally, I've never done two trips of meat ever for a deer. I'm just normally throw it throw it on my bag and go. So um not this time. <laughs> and I think that was the first for Jake. That's a fact. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, then we got all the meat staged down past the bad parts, and then we went up, had lunch, ate so much food. It was disgusting <laughs> how much food we ate this trip. So we're like, okay, we shot these deer, so then we got, you know, a day and a half, almost two days extra of food. So we're like, oh, we're going to eat. So mm -hmm. we were eating gummy bears for lunch dessert we were eating sandwiches and just oh it was just so gross and then we eat some lunch and then load up our camp and then we start heading down grab the first load of meat that was probably at about 2800 feet and then it's not too bad pack is probably 80 90 pounds at that point and then we go down and grab the second load manageable uh <laughs> yes manageable uh for the terrain that we were given um that we felt comfortable in and then we uh yeah, I got to that second load and started trudging up the uh, up the drainage and across the mountain. And yeah, that's when suck set in. <laughs> uh, we were, you know, having a whole bunch of caffeine. We were drinking those. Uh, I brought some. He brought some uh, bugle bugleberry mountain bugleberry. hops. Mm. Yeah, that stuff was pretty good. That stuff that goes right to you. Yeah, there's a lot of caffeine. You just in feel that too. yeah, you feel that right in your brain almost instantly. You feel like Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And then vibrate would be the word I would <laughs> yeah. use. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I had some of that Celsius drink mix, which is also mm. like boom. Like we were powered by gummy bears and caffeinated <laughs> drinks. Yep, yep. And uh, head down, and we're just going. And well, in Ryan's defense, we uh, someone talked him into trying to side hill that mountain. Yes, Ooh. I don't, I don't know why, but I didn't want to go back up for some reason. Oh, I know why. <laughs> yeah, that's because we had uh, big, heavy packs on. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was like, okay, well, Jake's pretty confident, you know. I put my guard down a little bit. This is a team effort. Jake's pretty confident. He's been down there before, so we'll just side hill this thing. And it was going pretty good. You know, we were having to zigzag a little bit. Um, and then we had zigzagged, keep going, keep going. It's like, uh-oh, this is getting steep. This is getting not fun again. So then we're just like, okay, it's getting dark. We're not going to make it back to spot B 
where we want to be by the end of the day before dark. The ponds. So, so this yes, is an, the entire, is what we're an calling. entire day of processing hiking. Yes, yes, yes. Our day started, <coughs> I think we were up at 5 in the morning. We were starting to bone out the deer by 6, and then we were starting the actual hike by 9. And then... Yeah, we, we got done boning the deer out at about 7.30, 7.45, yep. or about 8 o'clock. We'll call it 8 o'clock because we went down and we spent good what half hour trying to scout out a easy path on the on the bottom side there a little bit yep i that mean sounds about right and then uh yeah by the time we got let's put it this way by the time we got the three trips over the peak and down into the valley it was three o'clock three thirty. we looked at our i think i looked at my watch when we finally got everything in the packs i mean both loads of meat the gear and everything else it was four o'clock when we started walking this which gave us about four and a half five hours of daylight left to get to where we wanted to and it took almost all of that to go a mile mm-hmm. <laughs> yep brutal <laughs> yeah so after we get done side hilling and know uh, it was a full mile <laughs> it probably wasn't <laughs> it felt like 10 <laughs> yeah it was it was a grind, which which we knew that going in there. We're like, okay, we're going to go back to no man's land, and it's going to be. Which is why you're going to be some nice and, bucks. And it's going to be fun. Yeah. So, yeah, we get way back in. Anyways, and then we're side hilling, and then we get eventually cliffed out. We could have probably managed our way through, but then that would have meant breaking everything back down again mm. into three loads and then scaling across this thing, hanging on to berry brush and stuff, and then putting it on the other side. But the ridge was, I think we were 200, 250 feet below the ridge, so we're like, making an executive decision we got to get our crap up there and we just need to get it up there past this other sketchy part which wasn't near as bad as anything else that was a cakewalk compared to what we had just done so Mm -hmm. we're like we need to get it up there and then we need to come back down and get everything back up there so broke camp back or broke our packs down into manageable size um loads and then we went up there real quick and then came back down and this was I think we started shuttling at like seven o'clock, and it's getting dark at eight, eight thirty. Yeah, and you, we when boogie. you get to go time, your your head is down, and you're going. It's like, <laughs> hey Ryan, yeah, everything's right here. He's about seventy five feet down there. I don't know where it's at. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> Dude, let me know if you see it. <laughs> yeah, that was on the way back down after the second load because I was like, it's getting dark. If we're not on that ridge, we are going to be probably in trouble. Mm-hmm. And if our all of our gear and me is probably not in our pack, then we're going to be in trouble. We're not going to get to our spot, which wouldn't have been terrible. Just wouldn't have gone as planned, would have taken longer the next day, and our stuff would have been scattered around the hill. So I was like, as long as we're on the ridge in the dark, past the little narrow deer trails that if you fall off, you're probably going to get hurt, not die, but hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, Which sometimes I mean, might even be worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then you're stuck back there with a broken leg, and it's like, ugh. But yeah. So, luckily, we made it back to spot B that we were calling the ponds because there was a pond there, and uh, with some pretty good drinking water. And luckily, we made it back there just right before we had to break out the headlamps. Um, and that took. So we started hiking at nine. We got back there probably eight or eight thirty. So I think it was about eight ten. Yeah, so I remember the goal was eight thirty, and we we shaved off twenty minutes. Well, actually, the goal originally was two o'clock. Oh, we got this. Oh yeah, and yeah. as we were setting up the tent, we were like, "Man, what a humbling experience!" <laughs> that thing kicked our butt, something fierce. And then we're just sitting there, 
whew, we are not as tough as we think we are. Not mm. even close. Because, yeah, we were like, oh, yeah, you know, bonus miles. We'll just get over there at 2 o'clock, make a fire, roast up some tenderloins, and mm. beat feed in the morning or see if we can't get farther tonight. <laughs> that, was, nah, that was a joke. Not happening. That was a joke. Excuse me. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and then, so we set up camp that second night. Uh, and then we... Um, ate some dinner. Again, just ate way more food than one person probably should have. Jake was getting firewood, and I was setting up a little alarm system for the meat because we had stashed our meat close to our tents, but into some trees. And then we uh, tied some cups together mm. with a little uh, like 550 cord all the way around it. So if anything hit the cord, it would shake the cups and clank and clank. Yeah. So hopefully it would wake us up. I think a truck could have ran us over and not not even budged us so um so jake was making a fire we were getting dinner ready we were filtering some water um long story short went to bed that night and then we uh i think we w- the alarm went off at five the next day we didn't start moving until about five thirty. which is like phone alarm not like the cup alarm oh yeah yeah sorry so uh <laughs> Luckily, the uh, cup alarm for the meat did not go off at all. So It didn't go off until I took the cups off, and I clanked it a couple of times. Yes, yes. And this is uh, just, a, this is southeast Alaska, but black bear territory more than brown bear, so it's not like you're being really cavalier with the concentration of brown bears in the area is not... Not very many. Yeah, you're, yeah. Not, you're not on a fog knack, just saying not a big deal, camping with the uh, meat as your pillow. Yeah, you know, and we weren't like, we weren't like, you know, we just had our meat pack, so 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 we. I mean, obviously, we don't want to get woken up in the middle of the night. We don't want anything to steal our our, our meat or whatever. So we're just you know taking all the precautions. Yeah. So putting it away from camp, and then um, we didn't hang it in trees. We put it in some low brush, so it was still off the ground. Um, yeah. Sometimes you can't. There's no trees. Yeah. It's just kind of hide it. Yeah. So and then and then also I heard uh, somewhere like if you, you know, pee around like stuff to claim you know the bears or whatever they're going to smell it and they'll be like okay yeah you know this mm-hmm. is something else so so we were kind of not peeing on our meat of course but but, but <laughs> just just around yeah. like the border and never hesitate making our scent known like yeah like somebody's here type of thing so i don't know if it worked we didn't have any uh visitors so that's a good thing we still have the gut piles that weren't too far away you got bones and stuff so there's something else for them to kind of yeah kinda get at yeah at, those at that point those Bones and gut piles were a good two and a half miles away. Okay. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. It took us like that long. It took us all day to get like two and a half, three <laughs> miles. So, might have been four. I can't remember, but it was a lot of ups and downs. Um, yeah. So. That's not as the crow flies, though. No. Yeah. That's GP. Yeah. That's feet on the ground. I guess GPS miles. So. On X miles. On X miles. Yeah. Um, as so the crow flies, I bet it was probably about a mile and a half. Yeah. Oh yeah which is on a whole nother ridge away. So yeah. you got to come down and come back up. But yeah. So, um, yeah, our phone alarms go off about five and we finally start grumbling and rumbling and moving about five thirty. It's like, okay, it's time for some coffee, eat some food. Legs are a little stiff. Body's a little stiff. Um, and we get up and it's, and it's raining The it, it started raining some, sometime that night cause it was raining on the tent and, uh, everything was wet. Um, didn't bother the meat any i think the meat was covered up pretty good um 
And then, uh, yeah, we shoved everything back in our packs after eating some breakfast and drinking some, drinking a bunch of water and filling up our Nalgene's for the, for the day ahead. And we started hiking, I think about seven, seven thirty. So, which was the first time I hiked out with just my rain gear and, uh, bottoms on underneath. I didn't have my hunting pants on mm. underneath them like I normally do. And I felt like it kept me drier. Everything was wet 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 so but i never really got cold until i start stopped moving for because yeah. we were taking a lot of breaks on the way down because there was a lot of ups and downs but uh yeah so that seemed to work out pretty good um it was just one one foot in front of the other at that point it was just okay and then finally uh we made it back about i think was that two o'clock yeah i think it was about two o'clock yeah. so two o'clock. seven to two so not terrible i think that was like five miles something like that so it wasn't too terrible mm-hmm. it was just i've never packed out that much for two two days down here yeah. so um that was pretty good it was a humbling experience and we got some <laughs> nice deer out of it bummed that mine uh took a tumble it's a one um, deer area from here on out <laughs> yeah one deer per two people yeah yeah and how much uh what was the weight of the meat you guys got I got 63 pounds of boned out meat. I got 73. Yes. Yeah. We had that. Mine, mine, there was a little sacri- We salvaged what, what we could, what we felt was the best, which was, I mean, the best that anybody could do in that situation. I mean, falls off a cliff, falls off a cliff. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, tasted uh, pretty dang good. Now we got meat in the freezer, so. Yeah. I'm already down a back strap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm having some more for dinner tonight, so. It's all gone already. <laughs> all of it? No, just one. Oh, <laughs> not surprised. Yeah, that's quite a bit of, of meat. I think in the was the website says like 47 is like the kind of the max expectant. You know, mm-hmm. obviously they're bigger deer. What but, website uh, are we speaking of? I think the the fish and game. I think they put the. Um, oh, that's the government. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> they <don't know. laughs> they're like, yeah. Make it make it like a forty-seven or something like that, so it sounds precise. But really, uh, who knows what it is? But um, yeah, shoot, those are those are some big deer. Yeah, and uh, that's not like you know we knew we had we were going to have a hellacious pack out, so it's not like we were leaving all the fat on them because they had a good half inch to inch of fat in in some areas, and we weren't keeping that stuff on there. So mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't picking it out of the ribs or anything, but uh, like the big fat cap that was over the hind quarter was like yeah all that's coming off but yeah yeah they were they were just some big body deer they, yeah they were pretty impressive so i took a photo of mine before i shot it and he's a beauty big old belly dragger of a deer you can see the swoop in his back i was like oh my goodness that's the picture you sent me through the spotter yep it's crazy because he's just standing in this area like he's a town deer yep just this nice little flat patch of grass yeah it was but uh, it, was, it was pretty cool like he knew it helped that the sun was at our backs and it was pointing towards him. Mm. Um, so the sun was kind of in his eyes. He knew that something was in the brush. He just didn't know what. Yeah. So, um, according to the uh, Fish Game website here, uh, average October live weight of an adult Sitka blacktail deer is 80 pounds for does, 120 pounds for bucks. Although 200 pound bucks have been taken, the dressed weight of a 100 pound deer is about 60 pounds, yielding about 35 pounds of meat. So I guess if you double that, you guys are probably in the 200-pound range. Probably, probably. Yeah. So that, we tried that, moving that, his that deer and seventy. It, yeah, we tried moving his deer and well, it made us both grumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, the one I shot. 
I'd shot a four point before, and a lot of times you just think of the points on the antlers or the antlers as an indicator of how big the deer is. But then you get one of those massive body ones where you're looking at the antlers and you think, this is a really nice buck. But because the body is so stinking big, your proportions are off. And you mm-hmm. think, oh, this is an app, this is a mega buck. This is a next tier type buck that I hadn't even seen before. People talk about it. And you think, okay, yeah, whatever, man, whatever. You and your 215 pound buck how did you how did you weigh that right oh, did you yeah. take a scale up there did you take the whole thing home but then you start to see that upper tier uh type level um sound i think your buck is bigger than the one that i've shot uh, a with mass size everything but um the one that i got that was in that upper level i hadn't even touched before I think, oh yeah oh, this is this is there's 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 a lot of there's there's some big boys out there oh yeah yep for sure and this one he wasn't super tall and he wasn't super wide he was just really he had a lot of mass mm-hmm. and he carried his mass just up and i mean three by four that's with with some pretty good eye guards i mean um that's that's a that's a pretty good deer um but but yeah he was just thick all the way up and it, it was beautiful deer so yeah. yeah very happy with it just bummed because when he took a stumble busted the rack so i was like oh, well that's just part of it so but i got both the antlers they one of them was dented. None of the tines busted off. So I mean, and I got got that to look back on the memory. So yeah. after the meat's all gone, biggest uh, bodied buck. Mm, no, I think the biggest bodied buck was uh, one I shot in the rut with my wife. Uh-huh. So um, that one was just monster. Yeah. I mean, this one was a big deer, but that one had that. I like to describe them as like the bulldog chested deer, mm. where they're just mostly just. Uh, this thing took me everything I had to drag it out yeah. of a muskeg, and there was no incline at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to remember, we're still in August. They yeah, these deer yeah, yeah. will feed for another month and a half, yeah. two months before they get their neck swollen up and well, want to go fight. Well, yeah, but they'll lose all their fat before they, but before they go start duking it out. So well, I mean, they'll lose their fat. But they're going to gain. They're going to gain muscle there. I mean, if you at the end of October, they're usually bigger, bigger body deer that are. I mean, yeah, you're right. By the end of November, there's no more fat left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But by like the beginning of October, beginning of November, they're the biggest they're going to be for the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just, that was probably the second or third biggest bodied buck that I've shot. So, um, he was, they were, they were big deer. Yeah. What about so. you, Jake? How does this compare to the previous ones you got? Fifth biggest. Fifth? Yeah. Yeah. He shot some big deer. We were in a spot last year. I uh, nicknamed one the Mountain Donkey, and that thing was freaking huge. <laughs> yeah, that thing probably – he had uh, – that one when I weighed came out, it was 83 pounds Jeez. of meat off of the, the Mountain Donkey. Yeah. And we, then – I helped him bone out that one that I nicknamed Mountain Donkey, and I, and I say that just in kind of a funny way. He's just, he's just a, he was just a big deer, and I pull up a uh, hindquarter after I got it off the – bone i'm like oh you're gonna be hurting today buddy because this yeah. is a he- heavy heavy pack oh yeah. my gosh it was a big deer that was the one where you had you had taken a what was that a two by three yeah i shot a little dinky i got all excited and shot a little <laughs> dinky and first it was after we got back from caribou and we waited mm-hmm. a couple weeks and then we went up to the alpine and I hadn't shot a deer yet, so the first deer I got all twitter pated and shot, which which I'm happy I got. Um, just meat in the freezer, but it was it was easily half half the size. There's the there's the mountain yeah. donkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just a monster. The thing yeah. is, he's probably huge. the third biggest deer I've shot. 
And your again the proportions. I mean, it's you look if you look just at the antlers, you think, oh, that's a really nice buck. And then you add the body, you think, what is that? That's like a that's a mule deer. It's, yeah, it's a mule deer <laughs> with uh, with black tail antlers. He sh- he crazy. shot another one uh, in a no name unnamed spot. Um, that was just as big as that one. That's yeah. the biggest deer I've ever seen. Everything about this deer was big. It was a five by six with eye guards. Five by five by four. Sorry, I don't know how to count. <laughs> five by four with eye guards. And that would be that one. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And uh, some guys have all the luck. Yeah. So what? You just you just go further. Uh, are there certain habitat that uh, that you're looking at? Like how are you? Um, that's how do you, that's top secret information. <laughs> top so secret information. What his secret is. <laughs> I tend to not slow down unless mm. I'm waiting on him. So I'm up there just running ahead. And then these deer stop and look, pull their heads up, stop and look. And he's just back there looking. Even when we had two deer on the ground, this guy back there in a, in a one deer spot where we shot two deer, he is back there seeing seeing what kind of deer he could see. I said, stop looking for deer. We are done hunting. <laughs> Put, give me your gun. No, don't give me your gun because I'm not carrying that freaking everything. But, yeah, stop hunt. Stop looking for deer. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so that's his secret. Is he's he's behind me. He's looking for deer because on that certain big one that he shot two, three years ago now, um, he's like, "Hang on a second, give me a range on that tree down there, range it," and just out of nowhere, just boom, shoots. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> Jake, we just shot a couple deer. You got us." And then we luckily he missed his first one, and I got my second one. But then we go down to this one. And same thing. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. There was no ground shrinkage. If mm. anything, he got bigger when we got up closer to him, and he was huge. So, yeah, Jake's, Jake, he, he shot some nice deer. That's that's probably the biggest deer that I've ever shot was probably that 5x4. Yeah. Probably. The only other deer that I say that is, as far as body size, is that I shot a, uh, when I was 18 with my dad, and I'll say the location for this because I ain't ever going back there. Can't even hunt there. Oh, you can hunt there, but it's probably so overgrown in a logging Wales unit. Prince Wales is a big island. <laughs> well, Red Bay up in Prince of Wales. Oh, yeah. Anybody can go there. I don't care. Have fun. I'm never going back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I shot a, a regress, but like a really, really old regress buck. I do not have a picture of that one on my phone. I, I have one picture that's still left of it, <clears throat> but uh, it was a two-by-one. and. Oh. I shot another mature fork and horn at the same time. This has been the only time I've ever shot in two deer at once. And when I say, like, the fork and horn was probably in that, you know, 100 pounds on the hoof, 35, maybe 40 pounds of meat off of it, this thing was double, if not double and a quarter its weight. Hmm. It was just sheer mass. I remember being 18, full of piss and vinegar, and... I drug it, had to drag, drag it a quarter of a mile, and it took me three hours. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jeez. I think when you look at what, the, what, what trait makes a really good hunter, and a lot of people just say, you know, where are the deer? You know, I have, you know, these trekking poles or whatever it is, but patience and being able to see what other people don't is such an incredible trait. And there are people around here who don't go nearly as far as some of the some of us younger people but they always shoot big bucks they just Mm -hmm. understand it they just get it there's a feeling that they get there's there's their experience and that they're able to see stuff that a lot of people walk by and i 
I'm getting better at being patient, but just being able to sit behind the glass and just be able to look and just have that feel for it. And I think once that's kind of been rewarded, then you get better. But then all at the same time, you have to be willing to, to cover ground and go, but it's just being able to, to dial it back when you need to dial it back, go when you need to go and understand that. And I think that's what the most successful deer hunters that I've that are getting like these these sort of bucks are just like that's that seems to be the consistent thing i would say for that you know you get you start talking about older people specifically they've i mean if you've been a hunter that you've been hunting for 40 years you have a lifetime of knowledge and a lifetime of spots that you've accured over a lifetime of hunting and i would also say effort is another big word yeah on that too though you know like you got the august long days where they're up in the alpine and then you got you know you got your october november december when they're in the rut there's there's certain times in both of those times where you need to slow down need to need Mm. to speed it up like like august september you need to unless you don't want to shoot anything in the alpine then then you need i mean then it's beat feet and get up to the top of the mountains so you can glass and figure sit behind your glass and let your let your glass do the walking versus like you know when you're in the rut you know you get to a big muskeg and if you just sit and wait i mean blow on your call a little bit or however you go about your hunting situation then that's kind of different because you're sitting and waiting just in probably a different environment so it's Mm a little i don't know a little different yeah most of the bucks that i've shot have been in the morning on in the alpine um abby shot her goat in the evening and we saw that really nice buck in the in the evening have you guys found any difference in what bucks come out in the morning versus the evening more bucks in the morning or evening or do does it seem like most people just shoot in the morning because it's more convenient and the evening just kind of sucks to to hunt knowing it's going to get dark on the mountain i personally find that well i agree with what ryan had to say the other day is like yeah we see more more bucks in generally in the morning i will say that but i also find it really really hard to burn the candle on both ends like you go out august 1st around here what do you get 18 18 hours of daylight that's a lot of (laughs) a lot of time to stay awake and still be we gotta have your naps i wish i could nap if if the tent tent was wasn't so hot in august then yeah you can do that but then it just gets too too hot during the day in August. Yeah, you just roast in the tent sometimes. Yeah, yeah. see the roaster get eaten alive. But yeah. for for a majority, I think of my deer, I've shot them in the morning. I don't know if that's just because you're out there in the morning. These this particular time and a couple times before in the past, like I like being like it was cl- it was foggy up until like twelve one thirty. You know when it started breaking and then then we were able to start glassing and i don't know if the deer were bedded down until it it started clearing up a little bit or if they had been up all all morning because it was foggy but i just like being up there after like a storm clears or the fog clears and then it's like okay it's go time because we can see now whether that be in the morning or in the in the evenings it just so happened this time was later in the evening so Mm. afternoon so um just just works out i mean i also i I've personally had better luck alpine hunting in general when there is high overcast or fog yeah. involved. Mm-hmm. I, I find that that heat and the bugs that usually come along with the heat, especially in early August, will drive those deer into the timber. I mean, at five in the morning before yeah. they, you know, before you even really have a chance to locate or get a chance at one. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. 
Yeah, those weather breaks are really nice when it's kind of foggy, but you know it's going to lift and you can kind of time it. And obviously, the, the it's not 100%, not scientific, but at least knowing that that's going to happen yeah. uh, can be really encouraging. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, also, I think, um, who you hunt with and what you learn, it, it plays a big role in it too. So if you grow up hunting and you learn from people, like you said, someone with 40 years of experience, if that's who you're learning from, like you can fast track a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. There's definitely intuition that you have to build. There's no replacement for um, experience, but you can definitely maybe not make some of the mistakes that uh, that other people did, and you can learn, uh, get some insight from some people who really know what they're talking about. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, when I grew up, I I learned hunting from my family. So, my dad and my older brother and. I will say the patience thing is uh, something that you was not blessed upon my family. <laughs> and sometimes that being said, you know, the standard was pre- put pretty low for the caliber of deer that we, or at least I took for a long, long time. I mean, I'd still shoot a spike. <laughs> or, well, yeah, even now, I mean, yeah, we're talking about we're, we're, we we have shot big deer this trip. We have We have shot decent deer in the past, but... We don't have a big wall of four by fives and and four by fours and three by threes on our walls. I yeah. mean, I have I have shot a lot of forked horns because I'm a meat eater. And yeah, I, same here. And I love hunt, hunt, hunting gear. It just so happens that that what was presented in front of us this time they were they were beautiful bucks. Mm-hmm. So so we were able to shoot them. But but yeah, we are no means. Well, at least I'm not a trophy hunter. I know he's not a trophy hunter. So um, <laughs> we just shot some nice deer this trip. Now next trip. Uh, yeah, we could shoot some horns and they're just going to eat just as good. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, yeah, Cer- certainly not picky, but I think also the standards kind of change. And it's funny because I was talking with a friend earlier today. I was like, well, the standards kind of change depending on how far we are into the season versus mm-hmm. and goes along with that how full my freezer is of, of venison. Right. So um, and depending on where you're going too. So, you know, that's always fluctuating, I, I, I feel, because I'm not kind of. I'm not going to not shoot a deer just because he's not a four by four. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could have a small frame four by four. That's just, that's just a two, three year old deer. And, and he's just bloomed out really good, but he doesn't mm-hmm. have any mass and he's just a small frame deer. But I mean, let him grow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still probably I'd shoot it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Depends they, on the situation. They, they, they eat good. They, um, yeah. And they're fun to hunt. So yeah. just so happens this, yeah. Like I said, this time we just, we just shot some decent deer. So yeah, that's good. It's a lot of fun, and yeah. and we got humbled on the pack out. I don't know if I said it, but uh, Sunday, um, it was just supposed to be cloudy. Well, that was wrong. It it was raining pretty much the whole time. It it was on and off throughout the whole time, but we were in our rain gear the entire time until we were about um, probably about half a mile from when we were almost done with the hunt. Um, well, with the pack out, and yeah. then it just I think cleared we were up. Probably about eighteen hundred feet of elevation when it finally yep finally yep. broke. And it was just thick, like we could barely see twenty feet in front of us. But it, that could have helped. I, that couldn't have helped because the packs were so heavy. It was like, okay, we just got to keep going. Yeah. And then we got to keep going. So at one point we stopped for a break, and there was this uh, creek running, and it it was pouring down pretty good. But it was like, okay, we're gonna have some hot ramen and a good lunch, and then there you go. Gonna have some more caffeine and just get up and go. Yeah. So it took a lot, 
to get back up and go. <laughs> that was that was about the halfway point, and I was like, I do not want to put my pack on. Yeah. And you're like, getting your pack on. I'm like, fine. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> no, I don't think you probably said the other uh, f word. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it was there was a grind, which we knew it was going to be. Um, definitely not shooting two deer back in there again. That was oof. So draw straws for who sh- who shoots one back in there again if we if we do go back in there again we were <laughs> contemplating on the way out he kept bringing it up jake kept bringing it up like, i'd go back in a heartbeat when we go back up when we go i said jake let's just focus on getting up this damn hill and back <laughs> to camp okay well no but i'm just saying uh, yeah. i understand that but we can't fall off this cliff right now <laughs> yeah. yeah so it was fun he was That's worried cool. about falling off the cliff i didn't care <laughs> if that pack falls on me just end it quick yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if i fall then he gets my swaro so he didn't care either way yeah. so it was great it's great That's for awesome. him yeah but cool. yeah well i gotta meet wife for dinner so uh appreciate your time any uh, closing thoughts uh get out and have fun get out and have fun yeah. Yeah. yeah don't don't fall off cliffs don't fall off cliffs yeah standard sage advice from yeah. locals yep uh Probably don't shoot uh, two big deer in a one deer spot. <laughs> ah. That's probably the best advice right there. <laughs> yeah, at least for now until next year when he drags you back up, right? Uh, well, yeah, and then we'll both go back in there and then we'll shoot too and <laughs> cry over <laughs> again. <laughs> cool. Oh, well. Only time will tell. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks.